Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. Okay, guys, if you didn't know, Bachelor, like, can't film anymore, but they did come out with something new, and it was called Listen to Your Heart. And now I have Brandon Mills here, who was on it. Yay! I can't not sing that one song every time I think of the show. It's been stuck in my head for, like, three months. Who sang that song again? Oh, my gosh. Put me on the spot. Great question. Okay, anyway, it's basically about... It's like a bunch of hot people who are also really good at singing and like they sing together, but they're also trying to find love. But before we talk about the show, I like to get to know you and you talked a little bit about your history beforehand, but for anyone who hasn't learned about your history yet, please talk about yourself. Talk about myself. I know it's hard. Yeah. I grew up in this beautiful um, family, Christian Christian roots, uh, you know, love, forgiveness, kindness, um, had two brothers, one older, one younger, still two of my best friends. Uh, my mom is, is my queen and, uh, we moved around a lot in high school. Well, we moved around our whole lives, either running away from my, my biological father or okay. moving with my stepfather who was taking new jobs all around the country. Uh, I the Marine Corps when I was 19 years old, uh, went to Afghanistan, 2005, went to Iraq, 2007, Got out, traveled the world doing like nonprofit work, trying to figure out what I want to do with my life after that, mm-hmm. trying to get back after I'd taken a little bit. And um, let's see, moved to Hawaii, worked there for a few years, private contracting. Dang. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And then moved to New York City, went to school there for music, audio engineering, music production. Um, and I moved to Nashville about a year, almost a year and a half ago uh, to continue this, this beautiful craziness that is the music industry. So, But were you always into music yeah i started playing the saxophone in fourth grade so they come in the band director comes in he goes you gotta pick an instrument so i'm like all right (laughs) saxophone looks the sexiest it sounds the sexiest let's do this uh i became obsessed with it i was a total closet dork and i would go down to my basement like for two hours a day and play saxophone play scales learn jazz blues Uh, around 15 or 16 i picked up a bass guitar because at that point in my life saxophone wasn't as cool no girls rock and roll you know so started playing the bass and then at 16 i picked up a guitar and i started singing and i was like that's it i'm 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 hooked on the vocals i'm hooked on songwriting and i've been doing that really casually for years um uh, around 28 which is pretty pretty late quote unquote to get started in this yeah uh, i sold everything in hawaii i was making six figures in hawaii living on the beach and i was like i want to do this music thing so I jumped in full head uh got into a music program audio engineering music production we held our classes at like a $3 million recording facility. Dang. And um, yeah, I learned the art of, of recording and the art of songwriting and the art of um, not being so nervous. I'd be terrified. Yeah. Yeah. It took a while. Once you, you know, the first time you hear your own voice, you're like, that is not how Horrifying. I sound. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty humbling to say the least. And then, um, yeah, I feel like uh, I was there for five years in Manhattan and I feel like New York had taught me everything I needed to know and I was really ready for a change. So I moved uh, to Nashville about, uh, February of last year, so just over a year ago, and uh, things have been going 
going much better. I like, I like the lifestyle down here for me. I right did now. live there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It was super fun. I love it. I, I have uh, envy that you live in Austin because so many of my mentors live down there. I did find it funny that Sheridan and I cannot remember her name because she was only on one episode, but the girl with the pink hair, I'm like, okay, where are those Austinites? I don't see them. I don't know where they are. <laughs> like, probably playing in, in dirty, dungy bars late at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to ask, because you did go on a romance show, what your love life was like before the show. Yeah, I was single. I, I was dating quite a bit uh, in New York. There's no, there's a plethora of amazing, talented, intelligent, beautiful women in New York City. So I was doing that. When I got down here, I was very happy being single. I was working on my music. Mm-hmm. spent a lot more time outdoors, which is something I had, had not been doing in New York. Uh, it's a lot more difficult. Um, and then I do private contract work, private security work for like some high-end clientele. Um, so I was doing that as well. So yeah, I was very much single, very much okay with it. Uh, but yeah, always looking for, for my life partner. Really? I want to say yes. I, you know, (laughs) (laughs) depends on the type of person, you know, I'm, I'm fiercely independent and, um, I know a lot of my friends and and just people, my peers, I guess, get into codependent relationships. That's not something I've ever wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Very unattractive to me since I was young. Um, so I've tried to avoid that. I need, I need a woman who's, you know, totally okay being alone totally has their own thing going on. There's no codependency there. I'm not saying it's hard to find, but a lot of them are already taken, you know, especially my age demographic. So it's just, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> Someone wanted to know if you consider yourself a country singer or like what's your genre? Yeah, I would say more folk Americana. There's this whole folk revival that's happened in the past few years, like Mumford and Son, Lumineers, Head in the Heart. That's more my vibe for sure. I would call it folk, contemporary folk. I don't know. The genres are so blurred now. I, I have blues. I have, you know, I have, some people have, have put me in the country genre. I don't mind it, but I don't really talk with the twang or play the slide guitar. So there's limitations to all of those labels, you know? Well, then how did you get spotted for this show? <laughs> I need to know. Oh, yeah. They were like, they were really good at stroking the ego. So oh, they hit me yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah, they hit me up on Instagram like, you're a good looking, talented young man. Would you like to be a part of this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, we, okay, well, you got a few things right. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you. <laughs> so I went and did an audition in Na- here in Nashville. Uh, I thought it went really well. Had an awesome time with Lindsay, uh, the casting uh-huh. director. Um, is she the one that casted you guys? She was know. not casting director when I was on. She's yeah. a total beautiful, amazing human human being um they flew me out to LA a few weeks later a few months later I don't remember it's all blurry to me uh went out there did like a full day and a half or two days of of auditioning and and interviews and apparently said the right things uh to get them on my side and then I always joke that I might have been like the token veteran like they needed one veteran for the show so like this guy will do I don't know I'm not sure and I feel like the veteran demographic had been missing for like two seasons and so so there are veterans that have been on the bachelor yes oh my gosh yeah did they make fools of themselves the way I did one of them went very far but then later on by his behavior in the real world he made a fool of himself oh bummer okay but that that happens. It's fine. But did did you think like, oh, I'm someone that could totally do reality TV? Like, why did you why did you agree to do this thing? It's a great question. Um, I definitely wanted. I would definitely was looking for for a life partner. 
I was excited at the opportunities that they were going to present musically. The way it was pitched to me was, hey, do you want to hang out with a bunch of beautiful single people and make music together? I was like, absolutely. That's basically my perfect Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. <laughs> um, so so they, they pitched it that way. And then we come to find out a little later, it becomes a competition. And then you got to pick a life partner in like a really short amount of time and fall in love. You, and you've already told me this, but you had never watched Bachelor beforehand. I've never watched The Bachelor before. And I actually, I went online to watch a few clips and I watched the clips and I called the producer back and I was speaking with and I'm like, brother, care about you. Thank you for the opportunity. I cannot do this. This is not my and body. And then they fought for you big time. Well, they presented it like, dude, this is a totally new thing. We're not doing The Bachelor thing anymore. And I was like, okay, okay. So he talked me off the ledge and I was like, let's do this. I'm in. Little did I know, but after the first, watching the first episode, I was like, this is exactly what I was trying to avoid. But... <laughs> I love the show. I think it's great. I'm just a little bit confused about the premise, right? So it's like all these singers who are really good, they if they win the show, it's not like they get like a freaking singing contract or whatever. So it's like you basically win the show by being a good singer, but also like finding someone who sings well with you. And then, right? Yeah, so they, they presented it with, we get a, a, I don't know if it's a recording contract. We get to record with a really amazing producer okay. in LA. And then you go on to, I believe it was a five or six city tour, uh, but it, that's a promotional tour. So you're not getting paid for it. I would have done it. I would have loved to have won that thing. I would have loved to find somebody oh, yeah. to vibe with. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wish, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I, I would have done that a little differently, but uh, it was a beautiful learning experience, like I told you. So going into it, you really thought like more so than a dating thing, it would be a singing thing. Yeah, I pictured it in my mind as like a real world road rules kind of vibe where okay. we're all chilling. It's going to be a little drama because we're all competitive, but it's going to be fun and playful. And we're going to get these cool opportunities to like meet celebrities and, and record in beautiful studios, which some people got to do. Uh, I didn't know it's going to be so ugh, dramatic. Okay. Well, well, okay. So the first night I, at that point, I'm assuming like you didn't really fully know what the hell was going on as far as like what it would turn into. No, no, I never fully knew what the hell was going on. Well, of course, but like, there's just a ton of hot people walking in being like, yeah, I'm this kind of singer. I live here. Yeah. At that point, I would be thinking like, am I supposed to fall in love with these people? Am I supposed to find the best singer? Like, were you guys just like singing and like trying to find the perfect person you wanted to partner with based off of that? Or it's a good question. Uh, so when they, so I walked in, I was the last person in uh, to the okay. party. So there were 19 other like, or 22 other like i didn't realize it was that many people wow yeah i think we started off with well i guess it was 23 total so it was 12 guys and eight girls initially so that's 20 okay so there were 19 other beautiful human beings i was last person in and i was like what's going on i didn't really get a lot of direction mm -hmm. then chris comes in and he goes hey here's the deal i really want you guys to focus on romantic relationships before you start singing and trying to vibe with you're like what the hell yeah. Not, and I took him at his word. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I didn't, I didn't pick up guitar for two days. I didn't, I didn't like try and uh, serenade anybody. I was trying to make like heart to heart connections, spiritual connections maybe. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, you know, to come to find out after watching it, a lot of people were, were disregarding that, which probably was smart in a, in to some degree. When you say like you made the connections with people, I'm assuming maybe the first night that you connected with Savannah Julia and Mel, who we didn't really see much of, but like, 
Mel really dug you. So there was obviously time that we just weren't seeing between you and everyone. Like, who would you say you vibed with the most the first night? I think the first night was probably Julia. Okay. And we have, and here's the thing. This is the crazy part about reality TV. I was the last person in. I sat at the end of the couch and Julia just happened to be next to me. So we hit it off, you know, and I, yeah. I, I walked in pretty confident and like excited to meet all these people, but I also felt like I was playing catch up. So, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was very proactive, uh, pretty much the whole show, but, but I felt more so because time was not on my side and um, a lot of people had already made connections well, well prior to me even showing up. So, but I feel like when you walked in, like some panties dropped, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty (laughs) sure you weren't like, Oh, I'm really behind. Wow. Bummer. I didn't know. I was, it was all a big blur. I was just like, yo, just be cool. Play cool, play cool. <laughs> and uh, just be sincere, like be authentic. That's, that's honestly what I try to always be. And I, I usually do a good job of that. Okay. The hard part about reality TV is they take 5% of your life and they make it look however they want to, you know? So Isn't that fun? Yeah. It's a great time. I'm glad I'm talking to someone who's experienced this because oh. a lot of people are like, what? You know, they're kind of shocked. It's cool to like pull the curtain a little bit. So that's the hope here, but don't want to get you in trouble, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I'm already in plenty of trouble. Oh, but, but. that's great. Then let's just keep going. <laughs> well, so you end up kind of, at least from the first night, and I don't know if the right word, committing yourself to Savannah. Why was that? So Savannah was like unbelievably gorgeous. Well, so yeah. there's there a physical attraction there. And then it was actually funny. So we had a conversation for about a half an hour the first night. Then I see her the next day and she comes up and approaches me. She's like, I really enjoyed the conversation last night. I was like, really? Cause I thought, I thought it was pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> and she's like, no, I enjoyed it. We had a good time. So, uh, that kind of re-sparked. Obviously there was a lot of like re-sparking in this, in this thing for me. So, um, we continued to pursue one another. And at that point, Julia was kind of, uh, vibing with Sheridan and this guy named Josh who didn't get much airtime. And so I was like, Oh, maybe they're just, maybe she's over me. Cause we didn't really reconnect. And I don't think she made an effort. And uh, so I was shocked right before the second rose ceremony when she kind of dropped the ball that she still cared about me. I was like, okay. So you like, if we're going to talk about perfect world, how things could have been like from the beginning, would you have wanted to have been partnered with Julia? I don't know. I don't know what the right, thing is I I was in the so again I kind of looked at it like real world real world situation where I'm like I'm gonna go talk to everybody there's like eight stunning women here I'm gonna try and meet all of them like because I don't know who they are I don't know anything about their background um and I again limited on time um vibed more with Julie and Savannah uh I would have loved to talk to a few other people but Mm -hmm. you know at that point like Jamie was already in a love triangle at that point. So I was like, well, Jamie's not an option. So it just, it was a lot to navigate and I did my best. And there's obviously some producers that are kind of steering you in one direction or the other, kind of really encouraging you to go, you know, make connections and interactions and engagements with people. So I kind of just tried to flow with it as much as possible um, and having no idea what I was doing. I'm curious though, like, what we missed with Mel, because she was like super into you. And, and in our eyes, it seemed like kind of random. Like, did you guys have more time together than we saw? We spent like most mornings, like sipping coffee, like making fun of each other. And we had, she had a great, she still does, has a great sense of humor. Like I laughed more with her than anybody else. Um, I feel like she was just a little timid 
and approach me a little too late in the game to be like, okay, I have all these feelings that I probably felt much earlier than I'm telling you now, but I'm like, Mel, I appreciate them now, but it's a little late. I've kind of already tried to like yeah. move on and, and kind of, there's so many, there's so much going on and you have so little time. I mean, did you ever feel any sense of like jealousy regarding Sheridan? Because it definitely seems like Julius had a lot of jealousy regarding Savannah. Yeah. So. I wouldn't say I'm a very jealous guy. You're not. Okay. No, it's pretty rare for me to get jealous. It's because it's usually stems from an insecurity. And the moment I notice I'm being jealous, I'm like, okay, you're being insecure. That's the reality. So I did, I did uh, let Julia know I wanted to continue conversations with her. I think a second day. Which we saw. Yeah. And then, you know, nothing. I don't know. At that point in my life, I'm like, all right, should I just stick with Savannah? I, and what they don't show is like Savannah, like I care about her deeply. I don't think she was in in it at all. I don't think she was really excited. I heard more from her t- telling the camera things than I ever heard her tell me. So I was kind of left in the Ooh. dark about a lot of the things that she said that she felt. I mean, I do think in general, there were a couple moments where you talked to Julia and it, it looked like you were like in a kitchen or something and... You probably didn't know you were on camera when you said things like, uh, I knew you were going to stay, so I, I didn't choose you. I'm assuming you didn't know that that was sh- going to be shown. I wasn't sure. I didn't care because that was just the honest truth. But once that was seen, that's where this whole thing began. Yeah, well, I mean, people have to remember or realize uh, or come come to the light of that 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 was not like we weren't there for three weeks at that point. We were there for two days, a much shorter time. Yeah. So we were like, pick, pick your lover for the rest of your life. And I'm like, it's been three days. Like we talking about, get out of here. So I'm like, yeah, let, well, let's just continue this conversation. Not thinking that it's going to be like do or die. Right. Today's the day or you'll, you know, or get out. It's always just, do or die. I, yeah. Well, you know, lesson learned. You have to fall in love in 10 minutes. I just have general questions about the mansion because clearly that was not the mansion that we stayed in. That actually looked like a mansion. I called it the uh, uh, prison paradise, paradise prison. That's what I called it. Cause it was like some, some of the most beautiful mountains I've ever been around, but we couldn't leave this like thousand square foot. You know, you had three rooms to talk, talk it out and you could go to the backyard, which was, which was healing. But like, but- yours looked like longer it was kind of cut into like two corridors, I guess, or, or wings, if you want. And the women stayed right. on the right wing and the men stayed on the left. There were probably, let's see, one, two, three, four rooms we could we could congregate in. And the backyard was amazing. That place kept me alive. Um, but yeah, it was pretty tight quarters. <laughs> Here's how foolish I am. I thought I was going to get like a king bed with a suite. It would be a hot tub. I'm excited. You're going to get a bunk bed. I got a bunk bed from like 1996. Yeah. You are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that work for you? You guys were all in one room. So we, the mansion, by the way, people, the mansion that they used on Listen to Your Heart is not the same mansion that they use for regular Bachelor, Bachelorette. Um, Ours had three bedrooms and probably, let's see, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. I had the smaller room. There were five in my room. One of them had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It was probably like eight, eight, and five. Okay. With two bathrooms, but like one master bathroom and one small bathroom that like could only fit 
one person. So as far as like getting ready for things, I'm sure the girls needed like way more bathrooms than you guys did. How many bathrooms total were there? There was one, there were two next to the guy's room. There were two next to the girl's room and then there were bathrooms downstairs. Um, and the women had a little powder room. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe they want to give it some more time. I, maybe because we were performing. I have no idea. I didn't know what was going on. Was the kitchen situation the same where it was like stocked to shit and you could ask for like anything you wanted? It was. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, it was catered the whole time. It was always full. I was always fat and happy. Well, yeah, you gain a lot of weight on that show. (laughs) At least I did. Was the house full of instruments or did most people like bring their own? Everybody brought their own instrument. There was a beautiful grand piano. Okay. Do you play piano? Not well. I'll fake it really well if uh, there's more people playing music, you know, but I'm not a pianist by any means. I'm more guitar, harmonica, voice kind of guy. Okay. So then here's where the whole triangle starts. It seemed like, at least the way we saw it, that Julia was really, really confused about her relationship or whatever you call it with Sheridan, whereas you at least didn't come off as like that confused about Savannah. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe it was her interest in you that like kept you coming back to Julia? Like, would you have stayed where you were the whole time? I think hindsight, yes, I would have. Um, she kept, so I'm like uh, words of affirmation, physical touch kind of guy. Okay. And I wasn't necessarily getting that from Savannah and Julia was giving me that. Um, I was interested in both. Like, I'm not going to apologize about that. I, I, they were both beautiful, amazing. They still are attractive women and uh, they have a lot of depth to them. So I was still trying to figure out who can I vibe with more. And there's so much of the chemistry involved. And then you have people talking into your, into your ears, both sides of your ears, like, she's not that Indian. She's in love with you. She doesn't care. You know, I'm just like, well, so I'm usually a pretty grounded human being. But at that point, when you're sleep deprived, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're going through a lot you're getting pulled in so many different directions. I, I wasn't able to stay grounded like I normally do yeah. in, in my own sanity's sake. So I was letting outside influences influence me a lot more than I normally would. Well, of course, just when Savannah starts feeling comfortable and probably you sort of feel comfortable, production says, okay, well, we have to put him on a date with Julia. Obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you saw that coming. I didn't at all. I didn't. I had no idea what I was doing. I I didn't. I didn't see that coming. I was like, okay, everybody's coupled off. Great. Moving on. They're like, nope. Of course, they're going to create a week where everyone's like, okay, rethink all of your choices because this couple that you're in now is the couple. So you got to pick it and they're going to set you guys up on a date because Julia's not sure. It's pretty funny, too, because like Chris and Rudy went out to a picnic where they could spy on the house and. Uh, Jamie and Ryan went to like a sound bath and then we go to the Roxy and write a song with a world-class songwriter. I'm like, Hmm, my, my, my. Isn't it always funny how that works? Yeah, it was pretty, it was. And I was like, this is amazing. But yeah, when the wine starts flowing. Here's what my view was on that was. So Julia comes back and she's like, I totally know Brandon's the one for me. And she goes and immediately tells Sheridan like this is over Had you discussed with her, when we get home, you're going to go break up with Sheridan. We're going to do this together. No, quite the opposite. I told her on the date, she's like, listen, I don't see a future with Sheridan. I don't want to lead him on. And I respected that. And I said, listen, I still have feelings for Savannah and I need to have a conversation with her. And if it goes well, I'm going to pick Savannah. Ah. 
and Julia's like, I totally understand, which they, they conveniently left out because that's just good tea. But um, uh, yeah. yeah, we had that conversation. So, so this, you know, and that's what blew my mind about what Natasha said to Julia, because I'm like, you already knew that. And why are you letting this bother you? I didn't understand that. At Did all. you understand Julia's um, hurt feelings over what Natasha said? Do you think that what she said did really affect y'all's performance that night? I don't know. I didn't feel as connected with Julia after that conversation as I did prior. Yeah. So I think that was some kind of strategic uh, move on Natasha's part to kind of disrupt us, but it didn't disrupt me at all. I'm like, we're good. Like we're here right now. Let's be present. Let's get up there and yeah, let's crush it. Like who cares about her? We're on the stage together right now. That's all I can give you. And I'm going to give you all of that, but I don't think it's settled well. It, it, I don't, we were also again, sleep deprived. We had gone through a lot of emotional trauma a few days prior all, you know, both of us much more. And I think, I think the uh, advantage that all the other couples had, they had already performed once together. And that says a lot. That was a, a very stressful, difficult time. We really have to lean on one another. We hadn't had that. So that was, that was our first time performing together. And, and I think in some ways it showed, but I think we did a pretty kick-ass job. What, what was your day like? Like your average day? I think the best days were like us hanging out as a group, all getting to know one another. We're kind of already coupled off at this point. Even by day two, people are already kind of like, getting rings ready, which was amazing to me. And I guess, you know, I was a little jealous because I was like, man. I want that. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I vibed so hard with, with somebody that way so quickly. Um, then we would get a few date cards throughout the day. The rest of us would like sit around. The guys would sit around in the morning. We'd all play guitar and like hang out. I would go do yoga and meditate like I normally do. And, and we just had a great bonding experience. That's the hardest part was like breaking Sheridan's heart because we became really close up until that date. And uh, he's a good human being. I still respect the shit out of him. And so the two of you somehow maintained a friendship regardless of what was going on with Julia. Prior to the date. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he was all in it. And I was like, cool. I want you to have that. Um, and then, you know, things things shifted a little bit. Julia, like, came on a little stronger than she had prior. And I was a little confused. So I'm like, yeah, I still care about you. You're still awesome. Um, so is Savannah. And then again, I, you know, it's no excuse, but I feel like Julie was giving me things that Savannah wasn't. And those are things that are like on my priority list as far as like uh, love languages. So that was another challenge to try and like decipher. So then Sheridan goes home. I'm assuming Julia thinks at that point, like you're sending Savannah home or you're at least talking about how you want to be Julia's partner now, which I, I still don't think was ever really your intention as you said. Yeah, my intention was to have a real life conversation with Savannah and and hopefully have her step up and say, no, like I'm fully committed to this because she never, I never just, I just never felt that from her. And it's not her fault. She doesn't owe me anything. But I was like, it seems like Julia's like all in and you don't really seem like you're all in. I also was a little intoxicated foolishly. So I didn't come off like a poet and and a lead with love like I should have. So that, that was an apology that was made to Savannah after the fact. Um, but I also feel like it was her like exit off stage in a very noble way. So when you talk about not being a poet, that was the conversation that you had with Savannah before she goes home, I'm assuming where. Mm -hmm. That conversation was about two hours long. They, they cut it to like 30 seconds where I'm just a big jerk face. <laughs> well, if, if you could go back and be a poet, like what would you have said? Yeah, I would have said Savannah, like I would have started with Savannah, I want to continue this journey with you. Mm -hmm. um, Which you kind of said. 
I kind of said, but again, not in the way that I think should have been the, the, I, the most uh, loving, you know? Yeah. I was kind of, I kind of came in a little fired up. And again, as you know, you, you kind of hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people. So you're like, I'm like, all right, I want to get to the bottom of this instead of like, hey, I really care about you. Thank you for what you've given me so far. Um, I'm having some difficulty feeling that you're fully into this. And so how can you help me be reassured in that? Because I still have feelings for Julia and she's all in. And, I, and I'm not trying to compare you two, but I'm not sure if your heart's fully in it. You know, that probably would have been a lot better way to, to approach that. <laughs> we all look back on things like, God, I wish I wouldn't have done that. For sure. You guys, you, you do your, your last performance, spoiler alert, they get sent home the week that they became a new couple, meaning Julianne Brandon. Did you have a feeling that that was the night you were going home? You know, I was confident in, in our potential until we got derailed by Natasha, Okay. which again still shocked me so much because I'm like, we've already had this conversation. Like, why is this such a big deal? And why are you letting it affect you? Again, I think uh, Julia is awesome. She's very passionate and emotionally charged sometimes. And I think you just allow that to get to the better. Her, I will also take responsibility. Um, I tried to bring my full presence forward with her. I thought we connected really well on stage. But looking back, like hindsight, again, 2020, I never would have played guitar. That was a little bit of a distraction where most, most of the couples were not playing guitar. Okay. Or if they did, they were very selective about it. I was like all in. I'm like, this is a concert. I use a guitar. And then it's harder to focus on her, maybe? A little harder to focus on her, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, <laughs> looking back, I'm like, man, I really got to work on my stage presence because sometimes I, I sing and I look a little angry. It's not. I'm just <laughs> fully invested. And Tony Braxton was like, looks like you guys are in a fight. I'm like, hey, no, Tony, I'm just passionate. I just come off like an idiot sometimes. So <laughs> When you went home, at that point, who did you think was the strongest couple, like romantically slash vocally together? I would say romantically, uh, Chris and Bree. Well duh. They just locked in like day one and were just on. Into it. Yeah. And then um, I thought uh, Trevor and Jamie had a really great connection. And it's nice to watch that back and see it grow. And, and Trevor be the, the badass man that he is and really like continue to give her confidence that, that they're connected and they're, they want to move forward together. I love Matt and Rudy. Um, it was a shaky start for that relationship. So I can understand why Matt was a little hesitant. That's really courageous of you to share. <laughs> oh, we've been joking about that this week. I just watched that this morning as I was drinking my coffee and I almost, I was like, Oh, I'm surprised they didn't play crickets in the background before he responded because that was a long in inhalation exhalation. Horrifying. <laughs> but you know, I, I know Matt personally, and he's gotten burnt a few times, so he he might be a little more reserved and selective, and, and rightfully so. But again, unfortunately, on a reality show, you don't really have that option. Otherwise, you come off like an asshole. I can't remember who wrote this. Do you have a favorite celebrity judge that came on the show? Yeah, uh, Jason Raz for me all the way. Oh my god, his facial expressions. Oh. You know, it's cool. You know, it's well, not cool, but you know, it's funny. He said the nicest thing about Savannah's and I, and I performance. He said it was the most creative. It was the most original, even though it was a cover. He loved my stage presence, our stage presence. And I was like, yeah, I felt so I felt like I had won uh, the whole the whole competition with that compliment and never got showed. It got an awkward, like weird facial expression for two seconds, which he probably didn't make towards us. Probably a different couple. Oh, someone else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Yeah. So good. Yeah.
Someone said, ultimately, did you have better singing chemistry with Julia or Savannah? That's a great question. Hmm. I'd have to say Savannah because we did it more. We went on that first date and then we performed. And then I just felt like, honestly, still to this day, when I see Savannah, there's a good God. It's like hard to like talk around her. She's so gorgeous. And not to say that Julia isn't, but that's just, she's more of my, you know, physically perfect human being. Um, She's a sweetheart, but yeah, I don't. So what the hell? Like, try it again. Well, we're still friends, you know? I think she's still uh, healing from, from my jerk face approach. Nice. Jerk yeah. faceness, okay. Uh, but we're still friends, and she's doing her own thing, and, and I've tried to connect, and we've connected a few times, and, you know, I'm just giving her space because she's doing her thing. I just think the concept is so funny because it's like – you make this couple ship because you want to perform well and stay on the show. And then when you go home, you both just like go in different cars and like, bye-bye. You don't have each other's number. Yeah. It's just like, it's a different vibe. Like once you, once you're eliminated, you're just like, okay, that was fun. (laughs) Glad I gave you my heart. You ripped it. I know. Like I, I wish I, there were some couples at the beginning that I literally cannot even remember their names, but there was one couple that literally like, walk to their limos and they kiss goodbye and then okay bye it's, it was weird we i was lucky um a lot of this a lot of the uh i was gonna say staff what's the word I'm looking for? contestants <laughs> uh, <laughs> what am i talking about a lot of the people on the show stayed in la for a few days my brother lives in brentwood so i wanted to oh, cool. stay in there for a few days and i got to see most of the cast after the show which was amazing because i had like this incredible amount of like reverse culture shock even going on dates i'm like looking out the window i'm like other people you know it's just weird it was a trip i don't know if you'll answer this one but i'm gonna ask it lauren tells us does brandon think the judges really decide who goes home Ooh, that's a great question i'm gonna press (laughs) i think so (laughs) i guess i'll ask for forgiveness and permission i know i know the producers were feeding the judges some, we're getting information from the producers. And I don't know if that made them sway their decision or not. I feel like they took the weakest link. Like they, they, they knew that I wasn't sure if Savannah was totally into me. So they made sure that if one of the judges kind of said, I don't think she's that into you. And I was like, I knew it. I knew it the whole time. You know, it's just like, they're like setting me up for stupidity. And, uh, I, I took the bait. I got got, is what I tell him. I mean, honestly, once Sheridan and Savannah left, I think y'all's story was over. Because they didn't actually, no one actually wanted to see you guys, like, be a couple. Once that drama was over. Yeah, we were the villain couple. And yeah. I was like, you know, it's going to be so fun. And listen, Natasha and I are still friends. She's a cool human. But I was like, I can't wait for Natasha to go home tonight. I'm going to crush it. And that just didn't happen. But uh <laughs> I say karma is a very real thing. And I think, I think in maybe in some ways, Natasha got her karma the next, the next performance. I'm not sure. And she's so talented and she's a cool girl. I think, I don't know. Some of these people, I felt like they were just so prepared. They knew, they knew what to say. They knew how to act. They knew how to probably like message people from the franchise and said, how can you advise me on how to do this? Right. Very possible. And maybe they just watched 20 seasons of the bachelor and they knew. I think I wish I would have done my homework a little bit better. <laughs> Someone said, this is very sweet. What's one great thing about Savannah and one great thing about Julia? 
I love this. Yeah. I was looking up your podcast and it was like, let's do this all with love. And I was like, that's my girl. Let's, let's have some love in here. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I think Savannah is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. She's very like down home country Christian girl. And I think in a way I was trying to have her be something that she wasn't. And so that was my bust. So I would say that I think she's really sweet. I think she moved a lot slower than I, I was hoping for. Um, I think she's a genuine human being. But there was a struggle with her being in front of the camera. That I, was, was she comfortable in front of the cameras or not comfortable? Is that what you're saying? I felt like she was acting in a way. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Well, she was like, it felt like she was playing the game. And, and I, didn't, I didn't feel full sincerity from her. And I've told that to her. I wouldn't say anything behind her back. I wouldn't say to her face. But uh, so that was a challenge for me. Okay. But I do believe she was, because well, we've hung out a few times outside of the show. And she's a, she's a different person. And that's the person that I'm referencing. Julia, let's see. Julia was Julia. passionate. She was, emo- she was driven by her emotions. And that can be a really gorgeous thing. Um, I grew up in the Marine Corps where vulnerability was weakness. You didn't show any emotion. You didn't show pain. You didn't show love. And so to see that fully alive and when it's in a healthy form is a really gorgeous thing that I envy. And then I I try to pursue in my life now moving forward. And I think Julia exhibited that really well. Okay. Here's the question I ask all villains. (laughs) How do you feel about the edit you got? Do you think it was accurate? No, I don't. Not at all. Um, I do believe it was great TV. And that's how I've been able to forgive the situation and myself because it wouldn't have been as emotionally charged and emotionally responsive to the viewer if the conversation that Julie and I had about Savannah on the date happened or the conversation that we had in full length that Savannah and I had because there was so much left out. So no, no, no. I was definitely the bad guy. And unfortunately, you know, I I commend myself for being authentic because I was like, yo, I care about both of you and I want this to work. But I, it was crazy to me that they were getting so offended so quickly. I'm like, this is day five. Like if, if we were going to college, you wouldn't be this upset about this situation in any other capacity. Right. So that being said, I did some things wrong. I said some things incorrectly. Um, I will eat those words and I've apologized to the people that need an apology. Um, I don't think I was portrayed in the most beautiful or, or flattering light. Uh, but that's reality TV. Yeah. I mean, and I'll say this, like the first two or three episodes there were a lot of people into me. I felt like I was authentic the whole time. So I don't know why everything just switched in one episode. That's that's the hard thing for me now. There's always the one episode and then everything changes. Is you have a similar situation? Well, it's like I, when I was on the first night, I had a freaking great episode. And then I'm not kidding you. Like it, it just and then it went totally different from there on out. And you have no control. What I've learned from my experience, because I mean, I'm sure like you have just as many haters that that I had or, you know, everyone has haters, but like, unfortunately, villains get the brunt of it. And it's like, you can't convince people to see what they didn't see. Yeah, yeah. You can be like, I'm not defensive, but you you could say, well, that's not even what happened in this moment. This is what happened. No one's going to believe you because they didn't see it that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been I've been super grateful for these kind of platforms. So again, thank you for having me on yeah, because I to tell my story and I'm just like, yo, I'm not an asshole. I promise you. I've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I'm not a dick. I'm not, I'm not a jerk. I'm not maliciously trying to ruin women's hearts. So it's nice to get on the platform like this and be like, yo, this is who I am. I made a mistake. So be it. And uh, I'm moving on. And I'd love for you to be a part of my team. 
part of my tribe. And if you hate me forever, that's okay too. Some people will, unfortunately, uh, sure. <laughs> but people will change their minds. There's something really beautiful about these kinds of platforms where they're like unedited and people can really hear you just talk the way you want to talk. So that's why I bring villains on. But I am curious when you were there, did you get the impression that you might become the villain? <laughs> Man, almost in a narcissistic response. I felt like I was being so authentic that I was like, no. You were going to be America's favorite. And then I had producers who were like, yo, we love you. We got your back, bro. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Thank you. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's funny. My friend who's been on a few. Uh, he's probably the biggest celebrity that's military, uh, Reed Reyes. He played himself at the HBO miniseries Generation Killer. Cool human being, one of my best friends. He, I asked him for sound advice. He goes, trust no one. I'm like, it sounds, sounds like a military thing to say, bro. Little, little did I know that was the exact, actually the exact right um, wisdom to impart. They care about creating something that I'm not about. I love this question. Marja Man said, can we get him to make a pact to never call a woman sweetie again? <laughs> I will never do that on national TV again for damn sure. Is that sure. something that you do? Is that like your, your term of endearment? Yeah, so to give people some context, because um, most of these people are all from the East Coast or the North. Down in the South, in where I'm from, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I was born. <laughs> My mom's side of the family still lives there. They call me sweetie all the time. You walk into a restaurant, you go to a greasy spoon. They're like, hey, sweetie, how you doing? Hey, Can sweetie. I take your Yeah, and so it's a term of endearment. It's not anything to be, like, it's not belittling. It's not, okay. uh, you know, and then again, those edits are like, I probably said that three times in three hours. But you said it during the argument with Savannah at the very end, and that was where you botched it. Worst idea ever. So that being said, uh, that Every time I hear that word, it stings a little bit. It's going to take some time for me to heal from that. I'm not going to not call people sweetie or sweetheart, but I'm not going to do it in the public eye. And I'm definitely not going to do it during an argument. There's the promise that we've made. You hold me to it. Well, obviously life is sort of back to normal, but not really. But what's next for you? Yeah, what is next for me? I am continuing to travel, um, to perform. I got a bunch of new singles coming out that I'm really, really proud of. We're doing some music videos. Um, just going to continue to do what I'm doing. My, my big hope is that this, uh, the universe stops, allows us to, to be done being grounded. And I go on tour in August. I want to do house shows. House shows are my thing. Like okay. get 50 people in a backyard or a really beautiful house. And I get to tell stories. I get to talk some shit. I get to invite people <laughs> into my space. It's really intimate. And uh, we all, you know, have happy hour together. I perform for an hour and uh, I get to hang out with them afterwards. It just really build that bond like one-on-one. -on -one. So it's not like 500 people show up. I say hi to the first three rows and then I never see anybody again. I want to have the direct interaction. And then ideally the next day or the day before I do some type of nonprofit work within that and I invite everybody that came to the show if they have free time to come join me because I, I don't want to just make music for music's sake. I want it to mean something. I want to have an impact on, on the world. I want to be able to learn from like people that are living in grassroots situations and um, hopefully have some type of positive impact on them. One more question, Bachelor related from someone in my Facebook group said, do you think the listen to your heart people should be invited to Bachelor in Paradise? So... I've never seen Bachelor in Paradise. I know you haven't, but you know what it is. I know of it, yeah. And so, and every person I've ever talked to via 
interviews and podcasts had told me I would be perfect for that show. So, well, of course you would. I don't know anything about it. Is it just a bunch of jerks getting together? Well, no, on a- it's a quote unquote, all the rejects, okay. <laughs> the, all the hot rejects go to Mexico and they're sweating and there's like crabs all over the beach and that's funny, but you try to get engaged. It's the same thing, but it's, I hear it's easier because like you can spend all your time focusing on one person. It's not like you're competing. I mean, you might be if someone like, want you know but for the most part you could meet jenny and hang out with jenny all the time and jenny from the block block. paradise technically speaking is like the singles haven that sounds fun i would be open to it a lot of people have recommended me going on it um there's still talk about whether they're gonna let us be possible contestants you don't think i should do it huh i just don't think it's gonna happen ah why covid oh it's here at all okay okay but what about So does it have to be from the previous year or how does that all work? So typically it's people like who we've recently seen. So from Listen to Your Heart and maybe this season, so Peter, Peter's season. But like they do bring in what I would consider like the old school people. So like maybe someone from my season, which was four years ago or someone from. So you, so you know everyone that's on there, but there's always like an old school wild card that's super fun. I would love to go back and have a lot of fun. I had so much fun, like all the drama and bullshit that happened. I had so much more fun than I did issues. And I, and I connected with the guys on such a deep level. And that's always been an issue with me. And the girls were awesome. And so, yeah, I would definitely do that again. I would, right. I would, I would love to have a second chance to not mess it up so, so perfectly uh, as I did in the last. The redemption, uh, as we call it. Sure. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't mind a redemption opportunity. Um, we'll see. I'm open to it. Yeah. No, I think it'd be fun. fun. Just, you would never do it. No. Okay. Well, now you're making me think. I'm going to contemplate this. But hey, like more power to you. Thank you. I'll say this. I think, I think they did a damn good job casting and I only have one experience. Right. And I've never met anyone else from any other season. So I don't know, but I was like pretty, pretty impressed with the caliber of human beings on that show. They won't do bachelor in paradise. Maybe they'll do like bachelor in like some, some like winter spot. Bachelor in Iceland. Bachelor in Iceland. Everyone can like cuddle and be cold together instead of be in bikinis, but like same vibe. COVID will hopefully be better and you got to go on. Okay. If, I, I will make a, a, a public declaration that if there is ever a bachelor in Iceland, <laughs> I am 100% in. <laughs> okay. Well say, say your social medias and all the places you want people's to follow you on. <laughs> uh, Brendan Mills Music on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I think it's Brendan Mills Muse, M-U-S on Twitter. Although I'm on there only once, once a week. No one even that. shouts out Twitter anyway. Okay, see, I don't even know. It's good because it seems like a cesspool of hatred. Oh no, Twitter is literally for trolls. It's unfortunate. I don't know. I wish people would read more books and and type with their thumbs less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have, can I do a shameless plug real quick? Of course you can. Um, May 29th, I have a new single coming out called Glistening, which I wrote when I was living in Bethlehem, working for the Palestinian refugee camps. And I was celibate at the time. So I wrote it about this idea of being in love. Probably what I expected to come to fruition in, you know, Listen to Your Heart 
lesson learned the hard way, but I think it's a damn good song and I hope everybody gets to check it out. Okay, everyone, follow Brandon on the social meds, listen to all the new singles and don't be mean on Twitter. Thank you. That was well said. Now we're social media friends, so let's be friends. I can't wait to live vicariously through all your travel photos. If I can ever get on an airplane again, trust me. <laughs> yeah, maybe you got to buy a Winnebago or something. Tragedy has strucketh my life, but we'll survive. <laughs> we Is will. that what you do most of your time? Yeah. I, if I could live on an airplane, I would. My mom was a flight attendant for 12 years, and I still have a companion pass on United. You're kidding. You've got a companion pass? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I you gotta, give it, you gotta give that to somebody. I know, but someone has to earn it. Like I can't give it to any old schmuck. That's you know, fair. like I, I feel like on first dates now I have to be like, if you're just looking for my companion pass, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> How do they know? Do you lead with that? I mean, I'm sh- I I know you can't have my companion pass. You gotta be legit. Oh damn. It's a beautiful advantage to have and good for you. I'm glad you, it seems like you utilize it really well. All the time. Oh my God, I've taken way too much of your time. Okay, thank you so much. I'm so glad we know each other and keep your head up. Don't let Twitter get to you. It's going to be okay. I appreciate you very much. Thank you for your wisdom, your kindness and your beautiful voice. Oh, thank you. Have a good one, love. See you, thanks. Okay, bye.